Humility, or the ability to be humble, is often cited as one of the most important aspects of leadership practice. So how can we foster a more humble approach to our own leadership? In this episode, I'm going to share with you some strategies that you can use right away to enhance your leadership practice through the act of being humble. Hey everyone, welcome to Global Ed Leaders, a podcast about education across countries and cultures. I'm Shane Leaning. I work in teaching and leadership development, working with educators and leaders from across the world. And in this show, I get to know those leaders and also share some best leadership practice that you can use straight away. If you like this show, I'd love to hear from you. So please reach out on Twitter or LinkedIn and let's start a conversation there. You can also follow or subscribe to this show on the podcast platform of your choice. Let's jump in. So as I mentioned, today we're going to talk a little bit about humility and leadership within the specific context of international schools. In my last episode, I actually had a conversation with author and head teacher Neil Renton, and it struck me in the conversation that Neil is a very humble leader, and this is an essential part of his practice. I don't know about you, but throughout my career, I've often found that less showy leaders, you know, those ones that don't show off as much, the more humble leaders are often more effective in their leadership practice. So what do we mean by humility in leadership? For me, this means three things really. One, an openness to learning. So to be able to have your mind changed and to take on new ideas. Two, is a respect for other people's ideas. So a true listener. And three, a very strong sense of self-awareness to be able to reflect on yourself well. So openness to learning, a respect for others' ideas, and a strong sense of self-awareness. The funny thing is, is that there's actually a lot of misconceptions around humility. Sometimes when people think of humility, they can see it as being almost incompatible with positive leadership aspects like assertiveness or decisiveness. But actually, when you really think about it, humility actually strengthens these qualities Because as a leader, you're making decisions. And if you can make those decisions based on a broad array of inputs and an understanding of that impact on all stakeholders, it's inevitably going to be a better decision. Leaders who are just assertive without taking in a humble approach are much less likely to be able to make well thought through decisions. Now, international schools actually present many unique challenges. And I would argue that these challenges require humility as a skill to overcome them. For example, in international schools, you might need to navigate complex intercultural issues. You might need to think about adapting to different environments or understanding and respecting diverse education systems and traditions within your school. You're also likely to be working from people with different backgrounds. So take this example for a leader that I actually worked with in China. There was a newly appointed principal in a school that I know fairly well, from Australia actually. And initially her attempts were to really implement a more independent and student-centered approach in her school, which sounds pretty good, right? But she faced a lot of resistance because education in China is a lot more um, teacher-centered and directed. If you're interested in this, actually, you can go all the way back to episode one, where I had a conversation with Julian Fisher about this very thing. But in this particular case, what was interesting is that this leader recognized this cultural disconnect. 
So she took a step back and she humbly started to seek a bit of guidance. And she took that from two areas. She sought guidance from her local teachers and teaching assistants and also from parents. She also arranged some open forums where staff could share their insights and their experience about the Chinese education system. And she was new to China, so this was her information gathering process. And in doing so, she learned how to integrate her ideas into that local context, which actually led to a hybrid educational model, not the one she initially thought about, but that was widely accepted and now much more effective. This example for me really illustrates how humility and leadership can really bridge cultural gaps and enhance school management. In addition, I would say that humility really helps with navigating the diverse cultural environments that we have in our international schools. In our schools, naturally, we have got very diverse cultures, which really offer a multitude of perspectives. A humble leader can actually use this to their advantage by harnessing that collective wisdom to enhance the school's practices and policies. So for example, let's create a hypothetical. Imagine you're leading an international school, say in Dubai, and your school has over 60 different nationalities represented, right? That's very common in international schools. In this kind of environment, a really humble leader would really thrive by acknowledging that they don't have all the answers. How can you possibly have all the answers in that kind of context? And therefore, to understand that their job is to rely on the collective wisdom of this diverse community. So, what could you do? Leaders could host multicultural events where students and parents could share their traditions and perspectives. This could really foster that unity in a diversity. And also, you can use these kind of practices to shape school policies, maybe even creating curriculum based on that diverse input and a whole host of ways that your school might run. This can really help to ensure that your school is truly inclusive, something that a lot of schools are focusing on the minute. But more than that, I think that humility in the leadership is really going to open you up to new ideas presented by your community. And let's face it, international schools are exactly that. They're international. We can't just be replicating, for example, British or American systems onto these diverse communities. We have to listen, adapt and create something new with the community. Now, in a broader sense, there's a huge impact on humility on key aspects of school leadership. So humility, for example, can really impact good decision making by encouraging openness to diverse inputs and ensuring that the decisions that we make are really comprehensive and considerate. So you can think about how humility might foster stronger, more respectful relationships with those that you serve because you value input from staff, you value input from students and parents and always showing a willingness to learn from them. Humility can also really help shape community development by creating more inclusive and supportive atmosphere, acknowledging, as we said, a collective wisdom of that community. Here's another example that I think humility can really play a good part in. So imagine you're a school and you've just had to make some budget cuts. This is so common with so many leaders I talk to. Um, I think most leaders can really resonate with that. You've been asked to make a budget cut. So what do you do next? Some leaders would say, okay, you have to look at your, look at your spreadsheets, look at where things are being 
being spent and then and then make a decision as a leader you it's your time to make a decision or maybe you just work with your leadership team and go hey where do we make this cut oh we can cut there we can save here and then you action it a more humble leader and i would say a braver leader might take a slightly different approach why not hold town hall meetings with teachers for example with administrators and with parents and even students for example to really start to brainstorm solutions This kind of inclusive approach would ensure not only that your community feels respected, but that you actually get a more comprehensive view of the potential impact of different decisions and to help build consensus on that decision. We have all had times as leaders where we've put something forward and it's been rejected by the community we serve. And that makes it even harder to then keep going and and, and pushing. If you'd consulted in the first place, there's much more chance of a consensus and reflection. But that takes humility to jump there. There's also a lot of humility in the coaching approach to professional development. Teachers, for example, struggling with their workload, a humble leader wouldn't just dismiss this concern, but would listen really empathetically and actively engage with the teacher on problem solving. That involves a deep level of listening and allowing the teacher to come up with solutions themselves, but also might involve a humble leader going, do you know what? We do actually need to adjust your responsibilities or there is some extra support needed here or maybe we have to find some other creative solutions. Thinking outside the box rather than one-size-fits-all approach can really help build trust and respect. These are critical elements in any relationship. So if we can agree that humility in leadership is important, how can we think about practical strategies we can use to practice this? So I've got five strategies I think you could take away, and each strategy has an action step. So firstly, can you seek regular feedback? Leaders should really be regularly requesting feedback from staff, students, and parents. So how could you do this? Can you commit to implementing a system in your school for some kind of anonymous feedback? Or can you conduct some open forums for some direct discussion? Secondly is a biggie one that's really difficult for any leader, and that's to admit when you're wrong. Admitting when you're wrong shows that you're not infallible as a leader and that you value growth over ego. So how can you think about ways to publicly acknowledge your mistakes and communicate the lessons learned from them? After all, we're in education and we expect that of our students. Number three is to acknowledge others' contributions. Doing this really enhances team morale and engagement. So can you make it that regular practice for you to publicly recognise and appreciate the contributions of staff and students? How would you do that? Would this be in your weekly briefing? Would this be in a learning walk where you're having one-to-one conversations? Where are there ways for you to publicly recognise and appreciate the contributions of staff? Four is to learn from others truly to be open to learning from anyone, irrespective of their role or status. And this really requires you to regularly engage with various school members to understand their perspectives and learn from their experiences, such as the town hall suggestion we mentioned earlier. And finally, most important, especially in an international school, is to embrace new ideas and perspectives. Can you show willingness to shift from traditional ways of thinking and accepting new ideas? Maybe you can encourage this kind of innovation and creativity by creating spaces for 
brainstorming as part of your regular leadership practice or free expression of ideas. So that's five practical strategies you can take to bring humility into your leadership. One, seek regular feedback. Two, admit when you're wrong. Three, acknowledge others' contributions. Four, learn from others. And five, embrace new ideas and perspectives. I hope that was a useful short episode today just to emphasise the importance of humility within international schools. It's my hope that after this episode you go away and reflect on your leadership style and identify a few areas that maybe you can incorporate more humility into your practice. And please let me know, what do you think? How is humility brought into your current practice? What are you thinking for next steps? I'd love to hear from you. So again, please share on Twitter or LinkedIn or any of the social media channels that you can find in the description below. Global Ed Leaders is hosted and produced by me, Shane Leaning, original music by Guillermo Silva. If you like this show, please subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. That way you can stay up to date with when new shows go live. I'll see you next time.